Hello, it's good to be with you again today. I'm John Smizer. Uh, here in the Southern California area, I uh, am kind of sheltered in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, the Midwest here in, uh, in America is experiencing some really dramatic polar vortex issues and the snow is deep and cold and yeah, I'm sorry, it's 70 degrees yesterday, and so I, I, I know that I shouldn't gloat in, on those things, but I, I have traveled a little bit. I've gone places around the world, and, and it, it's wonderful to see things that you didn't expect to see. In fact, I uh, traveled to India during a certain part of my ministry in a missions effort, and uh, we, we went to an area where Buddha was supposed to be buried there and uh, recognizing that a lot of people make that a very holy ground. And um, for the Hindu, there's a, a lot of other gods and things. And then of course in Mecca, uh, the Muslim will travel for uh, days to go to a, uh, something called the Hajj. And it's when they go to celebrate and and recognize that this is the burial place of Muhammad. And uh, it's interesting that uh, Christians go to a, a place where Christ was born. Uh, and and it, it's a time of celebration of Christmas time, but um, we, we're not like the others. We, we kind of miss out on some of those other celebration of the grave of Buddha or the grave of Muhammad because um, Jesus is risen. He's not in the grave. Mark chapter 16 verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Here we are today in Living Life Devotional. 
It's the last chapter of the book of Mark, and we're coming to the conclusion. We've seen Christ's introduction into ministry, his walking and talking and sharing and healing and teaching people. And, and today we're looking at the aftermath, the things that came after uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. In chapter 16, verse 1, it opens up and it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might go to uh, anoint Jesus' body. See, with respect, they had journeyed with him and got to know him over the three, three and a half years of his ministry and up and down Israel, uh, north and south, through Samaria, their lives had been changed, transformed by this uh, person they knew as a friend. They understood, they, they cared for him deeply. And now they were coming to pay their last respects because uh, they had come on the first day of the week. It was the day after the Sabbath. It's because uh, Christ was crucified on what we call Good Friday, taken down from the cross, and he was buried by Joseph of Arimathea in, in his very own tomb. And then the Jewish community all began and observed the Sabbath. With certain restrictions, they weren't able to travel to where the grave was on the Sabbath day. It was too far. It wasn't a Sabbath day's journey. So today, the first day of the week, they were going to take that time and travel there to anoint his body because they knew where he was buried. And on the journey, they in verse 3 here of our passage, it says, And they ask each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Well, they realized that it had been sealed up. There had been a guard placed there. There was a, a seal on the actual to, uh, stone itself that no one should move it. So they questioned, well, how, how will we do the thing we want to do? To anoint his body, to give him the, the rights, the ode to the dead. What, what should we do? <clears throat> I remember in my life the person who rolled the stone away for me, that kind of opened my eyes and understood when I would question things and not understand what was going on. The question is, well, who's going to open the door? Who's going to open my eyes? Who's going to show to me reality? Do you remember the person that opened your eyes or rolled the stone back for you? Because it goes on just right here in the next verse. Verse 4, they were expecting to approach it, the grave and a stone be there to block their way. They couldn't get. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Someone took enough care to come to you and to I to be able to roll that stone away and allow us to see the truth that Jesus isn't in the grave anymore. And as they approached the tomb, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. Is there someone that you could share with? Is there someone you could encourage or, 
or love into an understanding that Jesus isn't like Buddha. He's not like Muhammad. He's God who came as a man, who gave his life willingly to pay the price for your sin and my sin. And the evidence of that, the receipt, the that it has been paid in full is that he's no longer in the grave. For you and I, somebody showed us, is there a person or some people that you're able to take by the hand and show to them that Jesus is no longer in the grave? It's a place and an honor that we can have to show someone, to teach someone. For Mary, and Mary and Salome, there was this angel. It said in verse five, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. See the place where he had laid, but go tell his disciples and Peter. The idea of a, an angel. What was his message to these ladies? That he's not dead. He's alive. Go and share this good news. You and I can be an angel or a messenger to roll that stone away and be able to go to someone and say, Jesus is alive. He's going to meet you. He's going to come alongside you and change your life. When I was told that Jesus loved me, my goal was to go tell everybody. When you heard that Jesus is alive and you received that free gift of asking him into your heart, there was that urge, that need to share with another. Here the angel tells these ladies, but go, tell his disciples. Here was the very first commission. We know in uh, Matthew 28, we call it the Great Commission. Well, here the angel had said, go, tell, share with others. And that's a role we can take on, that we can be that messenger for them, that Mary, Mary, and Salome would be angels communicating the truth that Jesus wasn't there. Today, I pray that you and I will have that urgency and that concern to continue to go to share that message. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, today we thank you for the great joy that that angel shared with the ladies who came, that he's not here. The one you're looking for, he's alive. For us today, Father, we know that you're alive because you're at work in our hearts and in our minds, in our families and friends. So may we be faithful as commissioned. The angel commissioned these, Jesus commissioned those who were his disciples, and Lord, we're all called to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless us as we go this day. 
with that great joyous message. In Jesus' name, amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer, see Jesus.